on these three lives. Welcome, listeners, to the 47th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Sealed Indictments episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Brokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. Tens of thousands of sealed indictments. That's the only thing standing between us sheeple and the truth. When finally, in districts across the country, these indictments are unsealed by the mighty John Huber, we must brace ourselves for what comes next. Or, alternately, it's possible that QAnon researchers came up with these claims because they misinterpreted data from the public access to court electronic records, or PACER. Only time, and this episode of the podcast, will tell. And who better to help us figure out these complex affairs but this week's guest, attorney Ken White, a.k.a. Pope Hat. He is the host of the Make No Law podcast and the co-host of All the President's Lawyers on KCRW. This episode also includes an exploration of the origins of the sealed indictments conspiracy theory. Surprise, surprise, liberal grifters are involved, including Louise Mensch and Claude Taylor. But before all that... QAnon News. First up, uh, despite anticipation, the living JFK Jr. fails to appear on the 4th of July. What? Uh, Yeah, pity. Like we've mentioned before, there is a sect within QAnon that believes that JFK Jr. is alive... Uh, Now, Q never said this. Q has only implied that Hillary Clinton had a hand in the plane crash that killed JFK Jr. in 1999, which is, of course, batshit uh, insane on its own. Uh, However, a section of the QAnon community took this a step further to say that JFK Jr. is alive and well and would make his presence known soon. Um, We go into more detail about the whole JFK Jr. lives theory in episode 19 of the podcast. I don't know. What if Hillary's hand was like that big hand in Smash Brothers and it just batted down that plane right out of the sky? Immediately you're at 110 and fucking the next hit makes you fly off into the distance and disappear into a little diamond shape and it goes bing. I don't think that theory has been explored quite yet. I'm going to bring that up to the boards, yes. to, to, to Q Research, to see what they have to say about that. Yeah, I'm going to have to study um, JFK Jr.'s plane's moveset to see if he possibly has a triple <laughs> jump um, to maybe get back um, after he's been knocked off screen. But I'll get back to you guys on that. All right, thank you. Uh, some QAnon people believe that JFK Jr. would reveal himself on the 4th of July this past week and announce that he would run as Trump's running mate for the 2020 election. <laughs> Some even took the extra step of printing masks of JFK Jr. and wearing a a Make America Great Again hat. Yeah. And uh, QAnon followers decked out in uh, Q gear still showed up in force at the Washington, D.C. 4th of July parade, as was documented by a friend of the show, Will Sommer. I mean, if he did show up and did run as the VP... That would be guaranteed victory. Game for over. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. I would Game vote over. for him. What? Yeah. For if the living JFK Jr. is yeah. Trump's running mate, fine, fine. I could let, okay. some, I could let some other stuff slide. So it's this, it's, this pod, <laughs> it's this podcast's official stance that we will all vote for Trump That's right. if he ends up running with a revived JFK Jr. Yes. yes. No yes. robots. It has right. to be the real one. It can't just be some cyborg Listen, that looks like Which him. means that there's a condition with which we would vote for Trump. Yeah. Which makes Jake very happy. Very excited about this. <laughs> he, he's like, wait, what do you mean? I get to use the matches finally near the, <laughs> near the couch again? This is amazing. <laughs> so uh, the date has been moved up for some people, and they've been saying that the JFK Jr. will actually reveal himself on July 16th, which is the 20th anniversary of JFK Jr.'s tragic plane crash. Mm. Now, well, I do want to mention one thing. 
whenever I talk about the JFK Jr. Live stuff, people always ask me, you know, JFK Jr. was a Democrat. Why do QAnon people think that he would want to be associated with Trump? And the reason is that the, the QAnon community imagines that the Great Awakening is going to be this big bipartisan event, Democrats and Republicans coming together to overthrow the evil deep state cabal. And I guess when, like, when QAnon people are trying to think of a Democrat they like, they could only come up with a hot dead one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they just like uh, Playboys. They like uh, the kind of James Bond That's it. Guy. They like people who are born into wealth and, yeah. and uh, just uh, went into publishing or real yeah. estate because it was fun. Someone who spent more time on yachts than in homes. Yep. That's and the, even when it's a home, it's in the shape of a yacht. That's the Q type. And they've definitely committed rape. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's also this thread of logic that um, that JFK Sr., um, you know, was assassinated for fighting the deep state. And I think that because a video exists of oh, him yeah. being killed, it's very unlikely that he would return from the grave. And so I think that they've they've kind of latched onto his son and and kind of they see him as as the guy who's going to come and continue his father's work and get revenge from, you know, the deep state that murdered his dad. OK, so what if JFK Jr. killed JFK Sr. Oh. to stop civil rights hmm. think you got to think about it you, boy that's a little that's yeah, a that's a uh, cancellation yeah. brain i'm bringing you thoughts yeah. <laughs> okay concepts ideas These breadcrumbs are stale julian yeah. i gotta say <laughs> yeah there are old croutons from a Kirkland package I found in the back of yeah. the fridge. What do you mean? What, what is this, wheat bread? No, this is, Nine this is blue cheese. Fuck out of here. This is blue cheese dust on these croutons. Oh, that more enticing. <laughs> now, when talking about the JFK Jr. Live sect, I also want to talk about another movement within QAnon, which is the fiercely anti-JFK Jr. Live sect. Uh, some QAnon followers absolutely despise the JFK Jr. Lives people because they think it makes QAnon look bad. Yeah. Hmm. For example, here is a July 3rd tweet thread from a popular QAnon promoter, Rod Sneaky, on Twitter. The start of Hillary's deep state reign began with the murder of JFK Jr. This could also be the moment Trump started the plan to take out the deep state. Considering they just took out his friend, it most certainly started the personal vendetta Trump has for Hillary. Q is in no way insinuating that Junior is alive. Q never said that Junior is alive. Q has never hinted at anything of the sort. There is one other drop in which JFK Jr. is referenced. Q was asked directly by an Anon in a Q&A. It doesn't take a genius Anon to analyze this drop. I don't know how else to interpret this drop other than no. Junior believers' only argument is, quote, disinformation is necessary. Now, because of a couple dumb Q followers creating their own fantasy, the media and leftists have defined us by this farce. JFK Jr. is mentioned in two drops out of 3,060. That's 0.06% of Q drops. The media slash sheep don't take us seriously because one person's interpretation of 0.06% of drops. One of those two drops directly refuting the theory. This deters curious eyes from coming here for truth. So I just want to discuss the Matryoshka doll that is uh, never Trump Republicans thinking MAGA makes them look bad. MAGA thinking QAnon makes them look bad. QAnon thinking the JFK Jr. QAnon people make them look bad. And I just would like to say that if I could get my hands on this entire doll 
from Brett Stevens down to the JFK Jr. people. I would like to stand on the interstate on one of those overpasses, wait for a Mack truck, and maybe just watch that thing fall down and mist. Just a fucking mist of wood. And that's... that's This is not... This is a, a completely made up and um, theoretical thing. I don't actually wish that every single one of those people were pulverized into a, a, a mist of, of pink matter at all. It's not what I'm expressing. So I cannot be accused of that by Travis. Yeah. View. I re- uh, really appreciate you speaking in abstractions and metaphors, Julian. Right. For my next story, I have uh, QAnon related news. Jeffrey Epstein arrested on federal sex trafficking charges. Woo! Yeah, billionaire Jeffrey Epstein has been indicted on new charges related to alleged sex crimes involving minors. Thank you, Mike Cernovich, for saving oh, us from Jeff. <laughs> right. What? Did I get it wrong? <laughs> I've been on vacation, so I've been uh, out of town. <laughs> the charges, contained in a sealed indictment, funnily enough, involve alleged sex trafficking crimes committed between 2002 and 2005, according to law enforcement sources. The indictment alleged that the crimes occurred in both New York and Palm Beach, Florida, is expected to appear in federal court in New York on Monday, July 8th, the day this podcast episode is released. So, wait, should be big you, can't, news. you can't promise that. What about my editing? How do you wait? You so wait, I have to release it today yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, you got to release it. Yeah, you, you got a 24 hour turnaround. Yeah, get it done, Julian. <laughs> yeah, Julian. I'll, st- I'll stay and stand over if you'd like. <laughs> I would like that. There's nothing like the warm, hot breath of a close friend that, to make me edit faster. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Jeffrey Epstein has been mentioned in a few Q drops, so the QAnon community was very excited by this development, even though they did absolutely nothing to help. Mm, uh, I don't know. Credit for the recent excellent reporting about Jeffrey Epstein belongs to Julie K. Brown of the Miami Herald. Yeah. But uh, did she do photoshops? <laughs> I don't think she did exactly. any photoshops. So maybe no, she no, didn't. No, no blurry gifts. Well, the FBI will not arrest anybody unless a series of blurry gifts is, is given to them, <laughs> uh, making wild claims and impact font. That's the only way they do any action these days. The QAnon community has no idea how to react to this uh, Jeffrey Epstein thing because he is tied to Trump and Bill Clinton. So they don't really know what to do because they want to just go like, they want to, you know, they want to celebrate this. But the thing is, is this guy is tied to their guy. Mm -hmm. So they have to be real sticky about how they talk about all of this stuff. Yeah. And you can you can hear more about that in our in our Jeffrey Epstein episode. We go into the allegations against uh, Epstein and uh, the president. Yes, that's episode 28. There was a, a bit of a Twitter um, hubbub around uh, this amazing post by Christine Pelosi. Uh, she wrote, This Epstein case is horrific, and the young women deserve justice. It is quite likely that some of our faves are implicated, but we must follow the facts and let the chips fall where they may, whether on Republicans or Democrats. What? Hashtag we said enough. Hashtag me too. Our faves. Some our of our faves. faves. You hate it when the ice climbers uh, run a pedophile ring over the course of several decades because then it's like, how are you going to pick them again, you know? Even though that amazing double hammer, like, twirl thing is very effective. Yeah, it's 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 amazing that she used that yeah, word. Faves. Our faves. Guys, some of our faves are going to turn out to be pedos. We have to open our minds to the fact that maybe they're not our faves anymore. God, or you could go the other way where, like, we have to open our minds that you know, pedophilia is, right. is okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Some of our faves are going to turn out to be pedophiles. And what is wrong with fucking kids again? Remind me, please. Just anybody. Sorry, you might be standing a serial pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a DNC executive committee woman. I mean, is this the beginning? Like, is this the storm? Like, I mean, if you've got this DNC woman saying, look, some of our faves might go down. I mean, could this be like the storm? I mean, it's never going to work out the way they want it to. Right. I mean, but like, could this be like... I, I the, mean, our, our, when we covered Epstein, we call it the real Pizzagate. I mean, it's the closest that's going to come. It might be the case where like, yeah, like b- big people are going to find out possibly on Monday. There are pedophile rings and they have been busted and right. they will be busted. And no, these idiot people's theories are far off just because they said there were pedophiles and one day they might be brought to justice doesn't mean they didn't get every other thing wrong. I mean, to say Mike Cernovich got this done is like saying one thousandth of the people that he accused of being pedophiles ended up being pedophiles. Like he's, he's statistically yeah. eventually going to get it right. I mean, he's yeah, calling if, every person a pedo on Twitter. Already, if you throw so. enough uh, pedophiles at the wall, one of them <laughs> is going to stick yes. into a child. And I oh, love Jesus Christ. Now we're it. leaving it in. No, no, no. Come on. What a plus. Uh, All right, you, keep it in. You got to love um, an al dente pedophile. You don't want it to be too soggy. So you want it to stick to the wall real nice. My Italian grandma, mother told me about this she's catholic all right i'm gonna move on before he gets canceled <laughs> yeah jesus <laughs> cancel us cancel us cancel us cancel us cancel us oh man cancel us cancel us cancel us cancel us and cancel us and cancel us okay we're recording like later in the day and clearly julian has had like 15 cups of espresso cancel us all right travis please continue <laughs> For our third story, I have young people amused and delighted by the birds work for the bourgeoisie meme. <laughs> so this requires a bit of background. In, uh, back in 2017, uh, Peter Mikendo, an English and philosophy major at the University of Memphis in Tennessee, started promoting a satirical conspiracy theory called Birds Aren't Real. And Birds Aren't Real posits that the government killed off all of the birds and replaced them with surveillance drones that look like birds. Though clearly absurd, it's no less absurd than the other popular conspiracy theories like QAnon. Uh, Consequently, people started promoting the tongue-in-cheek conspiracy theory through social media, as well as physical posters and flyers. So wait, I have a question as someone who likes to go to restaurants here and there. Sometimes I like to eat a fowl. Are you saying that like all chicken, like all no? What are those clones? Uh, those are organic, uh, yeah. synthetic material. You can eat them. Um, but my, my question but they're is, birds. my question is, how and do they so get the real. drones to carry the the poop? So that I've been <laughs> I've been pooped on many times by a bird. That's I a have question. like. I have a target on the back of my head, maybe because I'm balding a little bit. Jake, Amazon is literally developing drones only to shit on you. Right. They're uh, going to chase you down the, the street. That sounds right. To shit on you specifically. <laughs> Wherever they recharge at night, they also fill them full of shit. That they, yeah, that they, they have little... They, they, they yeah, they have people who come around, they pay you, they pay you, um, you know, five bucks a bird, and yeah. you can throw a bunch of them into the back of your pickup truck, and you take them home and plug them in, and then you put them back out on the street the next day, just I don't. What is? Why is he having a meltdown? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat. (sighs) Well, this past week, uh, a month's old TikTok video by uh, Marcellese Cooper 
uh, promoting birds aren't real went viral. And the video consists of a man rolling himself on an office chair down a hallway while speaking into a megaphone. And here's that video. All of the birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them and replacing them with spies that are now watching us. The birds work for the bourgeoisie. (laughs) (laughs) So, but like, is he known from before? Because how do people get famous just saying a random thing like this? Uh, well, it's through TikTok. So it's, he's known. He's no, known on no, TikTok. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, I, it, I I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah. sound like an old person. What the fuck is going on on TikTok? How do people get big on TikTok? Well, it's, it's basically it's, on, on TikTok. There are a bunch of people who uh, they do small jokes like this, or they yeah, do it's the new uh, Vine mixed with like a, a, a also, kind it's of also kind of like musically. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's also yeah. They basically they. Yeah, they do lip syncs, they do little sketches, uh, they do dances and stuff. So, but he got big out of being nobody for doing this. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's how it works. It's like, you can, it's like, uh, like on TikTok, you do like a, a 10 second, uh, you know, uh, voiceover or whatever, then you become famous. I mean, he, here's what TikTok is, you know, you know how child stars develop a bunch of pathologies mm-hmm. when they get older, because it's insane to give someone a massive audience before they've even developed a sophisticated inner life. Yeah. yeah. The TikTok people said, why don't we do that to every single child with a phone? Mm-hmm. Just give them a huge audience of all the other, uh, you know, uh, TikTok users. Now there are hundreds of millions of them and give them an opportunity to become famous from a 10 second video. Isn't this? Oh, we've activated full dad, dude. Isn't this just like fucking on baby. He's here for this. And also, come on, dude, you're saying, uh, you're saying that there shouldn't be an audience for people who haven't fully developed themselves in their life. Then why is Jake so good at podcasting? (laughs) What? Okay. <laughs> this is Why no, is, look, this has nothing to do with me. He has a huge audience. Everyone loves him more than me. They, they keep saying he's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> he's very charming. Isn't TikTok just Vine? Yeah, it's, it's, but it started. It started by being that kind of yeah. You play the music yeah, and you it's, it's dance kind, and talk to it. Or, or yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like Vine, but yeah, people people create these audios like, and then they they sort of like uh, they um, basically perform in front of it. They use it as a sound for a performance. They do these little uh, music snippets. It's very hard to describe. It's very weird. And if there's, it's it's, it's still a pretty young social network. If there's anything we've learned about social networks so far is that they're always unintended consequences. And, uh, and, and, you know, like, you know, YouTube, it's radicalization and like Twitter and Facebook, it's foreign election interference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, I don't know what the unintended consequences of TikTok are going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be worse than all of them combined. TikTok destroyed Travis's family. (laughs) Well, and I could tell why this gentleman (laughs) in the video is, is popular. He's so genuine and jovial and the way he kind of the way the video opens of him kind of just sliding forward sitting down in a chair yeah. i mean i mean it's it's attractive it's you know char- yes yeah, charming. It's, it, charming it's charming but uh yeah so the the youths on social media found the line the birds work for the bourgeoisie extremely amusing the youths and uh they started posting it over and over again it was even tweeted by the official birds aren't real twitter account and I, I think this is interesting the whole birds aren't real and why this thing was going viral because uh i think it's because I'm really interested in seeing how young people like like late teens, early 20s are reacting to becoming an adult in this weird conspiratorial age. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, how they sort of like they're sort of born into this, this uh, they sort of come of age as an environment where conspiracy theories are mainstream that sort of the highest levels of media and politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, how do you sort of like 
uh, you know, enter real life in that kind of environment. And I think this is probably just one of those ways where they create this this outlandish satire they just think is hilarious and irreverent. Yeah, yeah it's like a choose your own adventure book, like straight out of the womb. It's like yeah, choose. Yeah, what, choose what do whatever. You want? Birds aren't real. You, I'll just I'll just uh, I'll just decide that. Uh, Travis is punching through the drywall. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> fucking headbutting empty boxes right. and stuff. But here's here TikTok did something to Travis. Here's I, the thing. Here, here here's the thing. <laughs> it's bad. Let's look at this. Let's look at this conspiracy. Theory. Oh, please, let's. The, okay, the birds are are really drones. They're they're man made. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you seen the robots that like the gov- You know what I mean? There's no fucking way that they could get a robot to look as real as these birds yeah, but Jake, do. Jake, no one's claiming this is real. The, the reason why this is big is because people know it's not real, so yeah. they can for once be like, this is for sure false. Oh, okay. Because now even the craziest shit, you're like, but wait, is it? So they're just memeing it into reality. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm worried. I'm worried that they're gonna like, ha ha ha, birds aren't real, and then eventually, like, some QAnon people are gonna start believing it or something. That That's would my be amazing yeah. if they inception birds aren't real into QAnon people. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, once in high school, I have asshole crows that wake me up every fucking day, hanging out in my little the branches in front of the window. I'm not joking. This is not some sort of bit. Those uh, fucking crows are assholes. When I was in high school, my friend Brian and I uh, started a rumor that Leonardo DiCaprio was really a Jewish guy and that his <laughs> his real name was Billy Schwartz <laughs> and, and that he had changed his name and like, you know, become and yeah. um, years later, like we started this rumor in sophomore year just for fun. And then in senior year, I was at a party and I was talking with somebody about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm sure we were discussing Titanic or one of his other fantastic films, and uh, they said, "Did you did you know that Billy that or did you know that Leonardo DiCaprio is actually Jewish? His real name is Billy Schwartz or something like that." Yeah. And so we had watched our our rumor come around full circle, where it was then repeated back to us. And uh, I gotta say, it was pretty satisfying. I love that too. Actually, one time I was at a rave with some friends, and one of one of my friends decided to start spreading the rumor that Sylvester Stallone was going to be there that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> and like just some random small rave in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and people were like starting to be like, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Sylvester Stallone? Have you seen this? It's coming to this have you Brazilian seen the, rave. Have you seen his nudie pics from uh, Demolition Man? <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of Sylvester Stallone nudie pics on the internet if anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed by both of our silences. <laughs> that was a pylon. That was All unfair right. almost. Let's, let's, let's move on. What? <laughs> Please. Let's move on. I missed you guys. QAnon and sealed indictments with Travis View. Now, I am super hyped that we're finally doing the sealed indictments episode because it really cuts to what QAnon people really want to see. The mass arrests. Uh, QAnon people often cite the supposed astronomical number of sealed indictments within the justice system as evidence that tons of people are going to be arrested soon. Uh, For example, here is a July 1st, 2018 tweet from QAnon promoter Joe M, a.k.a. Storm is Upon Us. There are 470 legal personnel currently crunching tons of paper in the U.S. corruption purge operation. It is they who are filing the unprecedented number of sealed indictments, now approaching 40,000. Mm-hmm. Now, it's all nonsense, but what I'm going to do is kind of explain step by step how this idea that there are tens of thousands of sealed indictments was sparked on 4chan and was given life by people on Twitter who just don't understand how the legal system works. So probably the biggest attraction of QAnon for the people who fall into it is uh, the promise of justice. 
And they define justice as Hillary Clinton being perp-walked, everyone realizing what an evil criminal she really is, and then Hillary being shipped in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, the fact that Hillary is still walking around as a free woman is just intolerable in their world. I just realized that not only do I think this rules, but I also want this to happen to every single politician. I mean, it would be exciting. Just, I'm not going to lie. Just don't. A little part of me would think, just, well, well, it would be, I mean, it would it would be wild. That's all. Now you know where I live. <laughs> Round up all these motherfucking politicians and throw them all into a big pen at Gitmo and you know what? All it'll all that'll happen is they'll eat shitty food, sleep like ass, maybe get waterboarded a couple times. In a year, you let them out. They're never allowed to do politics again. End of story. Of course. And uh, of course, after Hillary is arrested, they want to see the arrest of Obama and Comey and John Brennan and countless other supposed deep state traitors. To satisfy this community's intense burning desire for quote unquote justice, some of the earliest Q drops promise upcoming indictments. For example, take this October 29th, 2017 Q drop, which explained why Trump wouldn't be addressing any of the information discussed in Q posts. Some of us come here to drop crumbs. Just crumbs. <laughs> POTUS is 100% insulated. Any discussion suggesting he's even a target is false. POTUS will not be addressing nation on any of these issues as people begin to be indicted and must remain neutral for pure optical reasons. Notice that there's nothing? Well, that's because there's everything. <laughs> exactly. It's like, how fucking... <laughs> yeah. if, if you're a smart person and someone tells you this, don't you go, wait, this person's trying to fuck me. <laughs> In the earliest days, Q followers believed that the, the indictments would be announced imminently in days or weeks. Of course, weeks passed and no big indictments were announced. That's when Q got the genius idea to start referencing sealed indictments instead mm. of promising upcoming indictments. Yeah. Uh, for example, take this line from a November 14th, 2017 Q drop. Why would sealed indictments be outside of D.C. jurisdiction? Now, sealed indictments, that's a, that's a real thing. Uh, they're a formal accusation of a felony from a grand jury that stays non-public until it's unsealed. They might be unsealed, for example, when the indicted person is arrested. But they just don't quite work like QAnon people think they do, as, uh, as, our, as our guest is going to get, go into more detail. Uh, Q switching from talking about upcoming indictments to sealed indictments was clever because it convinced QAnon followers that justice was already being delivered behind the scenes. It just wasn't made public yet. Uh, but that leaves us with a question. If all of these indictments are being racked up behind the scenes, then who exactly is prosecuting these criminal cases? Well, Q fortunately has an answer for her followers, the United States Attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber. Uh, John Huber, being behind the sealed indictments, was referenced in a May 12, 2018 Q drop. Sealed indictments. Define indictment. Quote, an indictment is a formal accusation against one or more defendants, charging them with one or more crimes in the federal criminal system. The indictment is the principal method by which a prosecutor initiates criminal proceedings, end quote. How are they sealed? How are they secured? How are they safeguarded? No leaks? Unusual? Federal versus dot dot dot. Why are accusations sealed? Grand jury involved? Reread crumbs. Re DOJ. FBI. Re IG. Huber. Who appointed Huber? Sessions. What departments must be cleaned prior to wreck fair and equal justice under the law? What happens if Fed, 
criminal indictments are brought forth to a corrupt FBI DOJ fed judge. FBI slash DOJ first. CIA slash state next. Now comes the pain. Q. Q has claimed that Huber has a staff of over 470 people under him who are supposedly filing in an absurd number of indictments all over the country. This is also incidentally why if you go to John Huber's Twitter account, you often see a lot of QAnon people responding to his totally innocuous tweets with just insanity. (laughs) John Huber, hey, are you there? Please notice me. Please, sir, I've got the dog bowl you requested that I purchase. Please, sir, strap it around my neck and lead me around with the leather. Make me drink out of my own toilet, sir. Hello, Johnny, are you there? Meanwhile, he's writing like, had an amazing penne pasta tonight <laughs> with, with fresh garlic cloves, fresh basil, and a homemade sauce. Yum. You've got to love Napa Valley. Now, interestingly, the whole idea of sealed indictments secretly taking down political opponents did not originate with QAnon. In fact, a bunch of resistance grifters who promised that the Mueller investigation would take down Trump talked about sealed indictments long before the first Q drop. For example, here's a May 13th, 2017 tweet from resistance grifter Claude Taylor. Here's what it says. At Louise Mensch and I are reporting that a sealed indictment has been issued against Trump by FISA court to serve as the basis of impeachment. I didn't realize Claude Taylor was true fact stated. Yep. True fact stated. He isn't, isn't, isn't this the guy who rolls around that giant um, rat? To like yeah, that's that's the guy who has the giant, giant inflatable, inflatable rat, who just wherever Trump is going to be, <laughs> and he thinks he's just an incredible low. And God, I hate him. He's the worst. The guy has less dignity than like um, someone selling hot dogs outside a funeral. Like he's just get your shit together. Yeah, I know. Claude. Listen, I would I would sooner be a QAnon grifter than like him because at least at least there's like there's like some dot connecting of QAnon. This, uh, Holy this shit. Power. He's got 7,630 retweets on this and almost 12,000 likes. Yep. Yeah, it was very popular. It's, it's a very confusing tweet because, you know, as we've covered in the FISA and D-Class episode, the FISA court oversees requests for surveillance uh, warrants against the foreign spies. And it's not, it's not any kind of criminal court that can issue indictments. So, so I mean... It's just, it's just nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It's, despite that fact, it's just a hugely popular tweet. It's like, it's like you could debunk this tweet with a Google search, yeah. but people just bought into it. It's. Have you guys ever seen that Devo uh, music video where it's like, are we not men? We are Devo. And they're in a giant conference room and there's like a human being in basically a condom uh, squirming on a, on a little examination table at the center of it. Yeah. This is you when you, you record these, these parts. Yeah. yeah it's so... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why do it the doesn't pe- make any it fucking doesn't make sense. sense? It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, why do people believe the wrong things? Why do they keep believing the wrong things, even though it's wrong? It doesn't make any sense. My well, favorite is the percentage of our listenership that just wishes Travis were the only person on this podcast and could just bring a lawyer on every week to be like, wrong. <laughs> But while uh, resistance Twitter uh, claimed that there were at most dozens of sealed indictments that would supposedly take down Trump and company, the QAnon community took it up to a whole new level. Uh, You might have seen the claim that there were thousands of sealed indictments in districts all over the country. Since the first Q post, the number of supposed sealed indictments has grown from 20,000 to 50,000 to 70,000 and more. 
Uh, to get a recent update on the total number of sealed indictments, I'm going to turn to a video from the uh, YouTube channel White Rabbit News. Let's take a look at the total overall number of sealed indictments filed since those wonderful patriots have been preparing and compiling these reports. From the period October 30th, 2017 through May 31st of 2019, we have a staggering, overwhelming number of sealed indictments at 100,935 sealed indictments. So, first of all, uh, shitty use of sound effects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you should study our show to see how one man's uh, mediocre storytelling skills are complemented by some sort of fx genius who should be hired by LucasArts to do agreed um star war uh those movies but there's no justice in this fucking world so people just keep writing in and keep telling me that they like jake better than me that he somehow has more charisma than me oh boy he has a nicer deeper <laughs> voice more rich voice he's more friendly you relate to him more he's he's a lot more like you and you know what it makes me think that that the truth is that you you want to be like Jake out there, but you know deep down you're exactly like me, you worms. Well, I mean, you know, it's tough to have such a... Don't do a fucking extra deep voice. Warm. Reassuring uh, dad. Crackly, nice, <laughs> nice voice to speak into the microphone. It's not my fault. I worked very hard, by the way, to get that voice. My voice is actually probably up around... Like, when I get really excited, that's yeah. probably where my real voice is. It's true. Jake uh, but toils I, all week in the dick-sucking factory but I was so, his voice. God damn it. <laughs> But I was so um, I was so embarrassed of being like the last kid to go through puberty in my uh, in my junior high class mm -hmm. that I forced my voice to be much deeper and much richer like this, and then it just kind of stuck. Oh my god! I just felt a flutter in my lower parts. Oh, you? <laughs> you got some goosebumps, eh? God, I know why we podcast together now again. I remember again, every, once yeah. more <laughs> every time I smell you. So 100,000 sealed indictments. But uh, how exactly did the QAnon community arrive at this absurd number? And why does it just keep increasing? Well, it has to do with how they used PACER, or the Public Access to Court Electronic Records. Uh, PACER is an online service that allows users to obtain case and docket information from U.S. courts. Uh, basically, what happened was is that a group of QAnon quote unquote researchers used PACER to obtain case information and erroneously thought that they were discovering thousands of sealed indictments. But before I get into the details of how that all went down, I want to give a special shout out to Will Merthen. He did a lot of research into how the whole QAnon sealed indictments fiasco happened and it made my own research much, much easier. You can follow Will Merthen on uh, Twitter through his Twitter account at W. Merthon, that's at W-M-E-R-T-H-O-N. And like me, he has the brain disease that makes him try to argue with QAnon followers by citing factual information. He's w well worth a follow. Uh, so the QAnon belief that there are tens of thousands of sealed indictments, a belief that has persisted despite its absurdity, started with a single post on 4chan on November 4th, 2017. This post was not from Q, but was from some other random anon. In fact, it seems like Q got the sealed indictments idea from the QAnon community rather than the other way around. That 4chan post consisted of a screenshot from a PACER document showing two cases named Sealed versus Sealed. Uh, the title of the post was, PACER shows two new sealed uh, criminal filings from U.S. District Court of D.C. 
This screenshot circulated on Twitter and QAnon people got very excited that may represent indictments of someone very high up. Later that same day, a different screenshot was posted on 4chan of another Pacer search from the same district. This one showed 12 sealed indictments from the DC District Court instead of just two. However, the discrepancy was not due to the fact that an additional 10 sealed indictments were filed that day. Rather, it was due to the fact that the two searches used different search criteria. In Pacer, you can filter your searches by case type. In the, in the first search, uh, which only resulted in the two sealed cases, the search was filtered by criminal cases. But in the second search, the case type search criteria was set to all that means that the second Pacer search displayed every type of sealed document in that district. So, of course, it provided more search results. So this is a crucial distinction, uh, but, it's not, but it's a bit nuanced for people who aren't familiar with Pacer. And consequently, QAnon people incorrectly believe that, the 10, that 10 additional sealed indictments had been filed that same day. In truth, these were all just sealed proceedings, and there wasn't any real evidence that they were actually sealed indictments. There was one in individual in particular who became excited about the possibly huge number of sealed indictments in the D.C. Dis district, and that is Twitter user Avery1776. On November 5th, inspired by that 4chan screenshot showing the 12 sealed cases, Avery1776 decided to start running her own searches in Pacer that she also uploaded uh, to Twitter. If you examine the settings that she used for the search, the showing uh, 12 cases, you see that she copied the same mistake that the person who performed the previous search made. She didn't filter the cases by criminal type. This small but critical error set the precedent for all subsequent searches that she and others in the QAnon community would perform for months afterwards. And it's one of the many errors that would lead to the tens of thousands of sealed indictments conspiracy theory. Uh, Avery1776 was searching for every type of document in the criminal court system and incorrectly asserted that they were all indictments. Avery1776 started to make daily searches on Pacer and tweeted about what she found with her flawed research methodology. On November 6, 2017, she claimed that the number of sealed indictments in the D.C. district jumped to 17, and then by November 8th, it had jumped to 33. And uh, the claim that there are 33 sealed indictments kind of went viral that day within both QAnon and Resistance Twitter. Um, this caused Benjamin Wittes, the editor-in-chief of the blog Lawfare and a senior fellow in government studies at the Brookings Institution, to debunk the claim. Here is what Benjamin Wittes said in a tweet thread. Wait, isn't, uh, isn't Wittes, uh, isn't he like James Comey's friend? Wasn't he the guy yeah, who yeah, leaked yeah, the memos? All right, yeah. well, he can't be trusted, but I'll okay. read his quote anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he can't be tr trusted because he's part of the Brookings Institute. <clears throat> Just telling you all this. There are not 33 sealed indictments on the docket at the U.S. District Court in D.C. I spent some time looking at the docket this evening. People are confusing indictments with cases before magistrate judges. Uh, by my count, there appear to be seven sealed cases whose docket numbers suggest they post-date the charges against Papadopoulos. I have no basis to say whether any of those cases are related to the Mueller investigation or not. Uh, a few other words of caution. Sealed indictments are not uncommon, and the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. does many complex cases. Mueller is not the only active prosecutor working in that courthouse. I'm not saying nothing is cooking, but don't read too much into the docket numbers. Now, if we didn't live in a post-truth hellscape, that would be the end of it. An expert on the matter chimed in, clearly articulated why the claim about mass sealed indictments was false, and then people would just drop it. 
but since we do live in a post-truth hellscape, facts mean nothing and experts are powerless against the unrelenting force of ignorant people's social media accounts, this was just the beginning. While all of this was going on, there was another Twitter user who had been closely following Avery's tweet updates. Uh, his Twitter handle is DAMartin32. So uh, DA Martin 32 inspired by what Avery 1776 had found, uh, began running his own pacer searches. But DA Martin 32... Did... You, know, you know what you are? You're a mall cop. Yeah. You're a fucking mall cop. You're like, listen, I swear to fucking God, if that kid breaks into oh, Forever 21 again... I am. He's like, I've, I've been watching him every I... week. You know what he does? You know what he does? He goes into sharper image and he sits in the massage chairs for 45 minutes. I've seen people waiting. I've seen people waiting for the massage chairs. And this motherfucker, yeah, he he's sitting there getting his balls <laughs> rubbed. Pissing me off. You know, I'm a dom and QAnon is my bratty sub. They just won't fucking listen. So D.A. Martin didn't limit his searches to just the uh, D.C. area. Rather, he searched in districts where he believed that the FBI was investigating Hillary Clinton. And here's what D.A. Martin found in a November 9th, 2017 tweet. I found another 141 sealed indictments from 11-2 through 11-9. New York Southern, 36. Arkansas Eastern, Little Rock, 7. Florida Southern, Miami, 6. California Central, LA, 93. Common denominator? FBI was said to be investigating the Clinton Foundation from these offices last year. So that's 141 sealed cases of every type that D.A. Martin 32 erroneously thought are sealed indictments. Now, it's, it's possible that a small percentage of those were sealed indictments, but it's also possible that none of those cases were sealed indictments. So several hours later, D.A. Martin 32 added more locations to a search, and the count had jumped to 294 supposed sealed indictments. Next stop, 100,000. The following day, November 10th, 2017, D.A. Martin tweeted that he was going to expand his flawed search to even more districts. And uh, that's what really got the ball rolling. On November 11th, 2017, D.A. Martin 32 announced that he had uncovered an astounding number of sealed indictments. Here is what D.A. Martin 32 tweeted. Update. 842 sealed indictments in 24 districts from 1030 through 1110. There are 94 district courts in the United States. I have not searched them all. Oh, he would not have searched them all then, but he would eventually. <laughs> in that tweet, he also included a link to a Google spreadsheet that broke down his data. By November 14th, the number had grown to 1,183 sealed indictments. But on November 21st, D.A. Martin 32 got an inspired idea. Why not recruit more QAnon followers with Pacer access into his research project? Here is what he tweeted. Sealed indictments. Open call to researchers with access to Pacer. We're going to do a count of all sealed indictments in all 94 districts over the holiday weekend. Let me know if you can help. Because you definitely have been uninvited from any <laughs> familial uh, holiday celebration. So I know you guys aren't doing jack shit. A handful of volunteers did in fact step up to help DA Martin 32 with his project. And uh, this research team, all using the flawed, confused research methodology, uh, released their initial results on November 26, 2017. On that day, they released their first 94 district search, stating that they had found 4,289 sealed indictments. 
Again, despite the fact that this data was totally useless for what they were trying to find, they all genuinely thought they were recovering evidence of an upcoming mass arrest event. It, 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 this blows me away just the way it fucking snowballs. It's like it's like one person gets just a rock dumb idea, a stupid, confused person. And then other people just go, ah, that's a great idea. And they all climb aboard and well, assist with it because it, it it because it gives them some kind of credibility to these things that they're already thinking are true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. It's so interesting that for all of the, you know, we're non-biased researchers and like we do our own research and like we don't believe what the mainstream media that not one QAnon person, at least as far as I know of, came out and said, hey, you guys, you know what? I think we're actually wrong. The, the, it's because of the search engine. This research is flawed. Let's go back and do it the real way. You know, not one. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's the thing about Q is it, and, yep. and the people that play along is is anything that contradicts. It's like. Uh, we're is. not interested in that. That's not a fun part of the story. That involves us doing actual work instead of just hyping ourselves up over these like arrests. It's even worse than that. If you, uh, if you, if you read uh, Will Merton's original research into it, if you're really interested, I recommend it. He, he talks about there are a couple instances of like some of the researchers going, "Hey, I think I think we're doing this wrong for X, Y, and Z reasons." Yeah. Like, 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 there'll be like one guy brings it up, mm-hmm. and then they'll like acknowledge it, and they'll sort of like gloss over it. They'll continue right. as it as if like you know a standard operating yeah. procedure. They'll be like potentially yeah. potentially you could be right. Um anyway, yeah, like it doesn't matter, yeah. Throughout 2018, that research team continued to update the sealed indictment spreadsheet. They used Pacer to add thousands to the list every single month. In June 2018, that research team was even recognized by Q. In a June 1st, 2018 Q drop, Q included an image of that team's sealed indictment spreadsheet and said this. Good tracking. Ask yourself, is this normal? This is bigger than people can possibly imagine. Nothing being done. Q. After this, Q started referencing the sealed indictments much more frequently. For example, take this July 28th, 2018 Q drop. Have you ever witnessed 40 to 50K sealed indictments? Not all federal criminal. Here's a line from a September 3rd, 2018 Q drop. Interestingly, if nothing is being done behind the scenes, why are there 50,000 plus sealed indictments across the United States? Interestingly, and then a question with no question mark. Yeah. I don't... (laughs) Interestingly, I'm about to ask you something. But not really. Kind of not. Just think about it. And here's a line from a more recent March 9th, 2019 Q drop. Sealed leads to unsealed indictments coming. Q. That's economical. That's the Hemingway version of a Q drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a haiku. So this whole thing is interesting because usually people think that Q makes up bullshit and lies and then makes the QAnon community believe those lies. But as this illustrates, often the false claims flow in the opposite direction. The whole nonsense about the 50,000 sealed indictments began with the QAnon community, and then afterwards, Q picked up on it, validated on it, and then uh, integrated it into the QAnon conspiracy theory. This is Q uh, pissing out an open window, and the wind is so strong that piss is just 
flecking back into his <laughs> right. face and he's tasting some of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's, it's basic cold reading, you know. It's mm-hmm. like when when like yeah. I was like it's like it's like oh it's like uh it's like I see you you're next to a body of water. It's big. It's like well it's by the ocean. Yes, you're by the ocean. You're by the beach. I see. It's like whenever like your mark gives you information, mm-hmm. you just yeah. you just tell them. Oh yeah, you got it right. I yeah. see that. Yeah, it's basically it. No, but Q also keeps like jars of piss in his bedroom and then drinks from them sometimes to feel alive. Yeah, that's that too. That too. <laughs> Often people ask me, like, how can Q fool so many people? And as the whole sealed indictments fiasco illustrates, partly it's because QAnon believers teach Q how to fool them. Like, they come up with these batshit insane claims that they themselves believe. And all Q does is say, oh, if that's what you believe, then perfect. That's true. You got it right. Just to summarize, here's how it all went down. So resistance grifters baselessly claimed that Mueller was filing a ton of sealed indictments. And that idea was picked up by some 4chan anons. And then it was picked up by some QAnon-believing Twitter anons who organized it, uh, a team to misuse Pacer to do completely useless research. And then finally, <laughs> the idea of mass-sealed indictments was promoted by Q. And that's how it became just a, a big thing in the community. Man, who was mean to Travis this week at work? Because <laughs> he is giving it to you. The, the, oh, this shit! It just pisses me off. It's, yeah. it's just—it's like this is what I talk about. It's like it's like QAnon is like it's it's so insanely rock dumb, but it's so insanely yeah. rock dumb. It takes effort to understand how dumb it is. Yeah, yeah. like like it's gonna take a long. Like we're gonna yeah. have to hold Travis after the episode, <laughs> as we always do, but for longer than usual. <laughs> As he, it just gets out of his system. Well, I think you touched on something that I don't know if we've ever really brought up on the podcast, which is really one of the most interesting things about whoever is posting as Q is that is exactly that is that Q oftentimes doesn't. He's not the one who starts the shit. He he waits and kind of sees yeah. what's catching on and what could fit into the narrative, and he chooses that. He kind of waits for the community to stumble upon something, beca- and then he can be like, which which makes me believe personally that it's more likely that he's just like some four chan like lib like you know playing a prank on everybody to be like, oh my god, look at how fucking dumb these people. You know, I'll wait, I'll wait till see what they come up with. Oh, and then I can work it into. It almost seems like he's taking advantage of them. Uh, in in it, that if respect, he, if he started uh, being a Reddit lib, he no longer is. He's definitely red pilled himself at this point. I yeah, mean, yeah. I you can't too. do this for this long, like our podcast. You can't do it for this long and not have you know scars. Yeah, and you can hear them more and more in the way that we speak. Yeah, me especially. Yeah, no, actually, this this week you're in better shape than most weeks. Most weeks you're yawning and dying, and you look like you haven't well, slept or well, you're hungover. Well, because we're like in the afternoon here. I mean, usually oh, we, we record like you know pretty early in the morning for yeah. me, and I'm not a morning person whatsoever. So yeah, you're getting me at like ninety four percent. Yeah, a little hit of weed. I'll take me to that extra hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I'm kidding, man. Do you, do you have any weed? Yep. Cool. An interview with Ken White, a.k.a. Pope Hat. Ken White, a.k.a. Pope Hat, is an attorney, the host of the Make No Law podcast, and the co-host of All the President's Lawyers on KCRW. We're going to be asking him some questions about the many law-related claims and beliefs in the QAnon community. Welcome to the podcast, Ken. Well, thank you for having me. 
My first question is, what exactly is a sealed indictment? Well, so normally federal indictments are public automatically. Uh, Once you get them from the grand jury and file them with the court, they go on a public docket and they're part of the public record. But you can ask a judge for permission to keep it under seal, to keep it secret until the judge orders otherwise. And typically that's done because you're planning on sweeping up a group of people, arresting them all at once, or you're planning on serving search warrants along with the indictments, and you want it to remain confidential until you're ready to execute all the warrants. In QAnon world, a lot of people believe that there are over 100,000 sealed indictments right now that uh, against the deep state figures that have accumulated since November of 2017. So when do you think those indictments will be unsealed, and do you think law <laughs> enforcement will have any difficulty arresting 100,000 people? <laughs> I, I think some people are going to have to cancel vacation on that. <laughs> this, this is a thing about the, the QAnon stuff. Uh, they, they want to give their beliefs sort of the, uh, the imprimatur of reliability or believability. And so they incorporate all this technically possible stuff like sealed indictments and things like that. But they don't actually wind up helping their credibility because if when you compare it to what we actually know about how sealed indictments work, the numbers just don't add up. So uh, the Department of Justice keeps statistics on how many criminal indictments the, all the federal uh, courts get every year. And the most recent one is for 2017. Uh, you can look at it yourself on the Department of Justice website. And it showed that uh, the Department of Justice for all of 2017 only did about 50,000 indictments for about 75,000 people. So when you're saying that uh, there are 100,000 sealed indictments over two years, you're basically saying they increase their productivity by 50% without anyone noticing. Uh, and it's, it's simply not credible. It's not remotely possible. Uh, the number of people who would have to be involved is stunning. I mean, uh, you'd, you'd have to basically nearly double the staff of prosecutors, of um, federal agents who are doing the investigations and testifying, of grand juries, and you're talking about thousands and thousands of additional people beyond the ones already in the system, and somehow none of them leaking this. (laughs) QAnon people also believe that many of these indictments were filed by a team working for U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber. Why exactly do you think that a Utah attorney has been tasked with prosecuting the deep state? Uh, you know, uh, that's a tricky one. Maybe uh, it's the maybe it's the weather. Uh, maybe they think they're less likely to be distracted by alcohol. And, oh, uh, I don't know. But again, you have to look at the statistics. Uh, District of Utah did uh, under 700 indictments in 2017. So for them to do 100,000 indictments would seem to have to require them to increase their productivity by, I'm not like a mathematician here, guys, but like uh, 130%, something like that. Uh, excuse me, not not 130. Uh, like I said, I'm not a mathematician, but it's a <laughs> okay? <laughs> Thousands and thousands of times increases in productivity, more than 150 times more uh, indictments than they normally do. And again, you just can't you can't just do that. 
uh, you can't just do that without people noticing. That's not real. I mean, yeah, this is really the problem with like both QAnon and conspiracy theories generally is that it requires the silence of just massive numbers of people who for some reason are withholding the story of the century from all journalists. It's just it's just nonsense. For this to work, not just the number of people, but the different types of people, the breadth of people who would have to keep this silent. You've got the prosecutors who are only so-so in general at keeping secrets. You've got all the federal agents who would have to be involved because, you know, to have a grand jury uh, proceeding, you have to have someone testify, and that's usually a federal agent. Then you've got the staff in both the prosecutors and the agents' offices. You've got the judges who are receiving the indictments of their staff. You've got the clerk of the court and their staff. Uh, and then you've got the grand jurors who are, you know, for every grand jury between 17 and 23 citizens, you know, a lot of postal workers and teachers and retired people. And uh, granted, a lot of the time they're asleep, so they're less likely to spill what they don't hear or pay attention to. But that is a vast number of people from very different walks of life all having to keep a big secret. And I, I wouldn't say that's one of America's greatest strengths is secret keeping. <laughs> yeah. Many QAnon people also believe that uh, civilian courts will be too good for Hillary Clinton uh, after she is arrested. She instead will be tried by military tribunals. Uh, how common is it for civilians to be tried by military tribunals? Well, unless you really stretch the definition of civilian to an argumentative extent, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I suppose if Hillary Clinton were uh, literally an enemy combatant out there, uh, okay. yeah, well, you know, that's, that's what they believe <laughs> on the field in Afghanistan <laughs> uh, with an AK-47 uh. shooting at our troops, <laughs> then maybe you've got a plausible idea. But we don't try normal civilians uh, in non-wartime situations in military tribunals. Even people were accusing of uh, basically treason, of uh, an espionage and things like that. I think about the Rosenbergs or think about uh, you know a number of terrorists that we've tried in this country in civilian courts. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, at, at a certain point, you're just basically saying, uh, you know, wh why don't you have them uh, tried in a court of magicians or something? <laughs> Shortly after the airing of this podcast, the QAnon community is going to be like, Hillary Clinton spotted in Afghanistan wielding AK-47 shooting at our <laughs> troops. Well, you know, that would be hardly as bad as half the things they have her doing anyway. So, um, yeah. So, again, it doesn't make sense. Again, they, they can't choose, they can't seem to choose between the plausible scenarios that have uh, the benefit of sort of like some language about things that sometimes happens uh, but are contradicted by the facts or the completely bizarre, implausible scenarios like military tribunals or whatever else. After the FBI raided the office of Michael Cohen, uh, Q hinted that this wasn't done to obtain evidence for a case involving Cohen or Trump. Rather, Q implied it was a way to introduce evidence for a case against the deep state. In fact, that the exact question that Q asked was, uh, how do you introduce evidence into an investigation legally? So does law enforcement typically raid a person's office as a way to obtain evidence against someone that they have no connection with? Generally, someone you don't have any connection with, there wouldn't be any evidence there in the office. But yeah, I mean, to, to get a search warrant, you just have to convince a judge that there's probable cause mm -hmm. that this location 
has evidence of a specified crime. And it doesn't have to be a crime by the person who owns the location or who lives or works there. You could come up with a scenario, I guess, where, uh, I don't know, if I took over somebody else's office and there were still filing cabinets, uh, they could search my office for uh, evidence of a crime that has nothing to do with me. But oh. generally, the, the, the people in the location are going to have something to do with the crime, although they don't have to. Again, the key is that it's evidence. Uh, you're showing that there's evidence there of a specified federal crime. So, so QAnon is true, yeah, hold and on, Travis hold has on. to eat crow. So uh, maybe, yeah, hi- hypothetically, hypothetically, if there was, say, a videotape of Hillary Clinton eating a child in Michael Cohen's office, and someone in law enforcement came to a judge and said that they had probable cause that this was a case, that then, then it might be the, that uh, they actually did raid Cohen's office to get evidence against Hillary, hypothetically. But the thing is, we have the uh, search warrants for that, the search warrant applications, and they all oh. talk about Cohen and Trump-related stuff. Now, I grant you there are some redactions, and I suppose that it's theoretically possible the redactions are big enough to uh, to have Hillary going, to have Hillary Clinton going all hometown buffet on some kid. <laughs> but again, there's there's nothing in any of the search warrant returns, the inventories, the items referring to videotapes of Hillary Clinton eating children. Uh, mm. There's there's nothing in the uh, search warrants that we can see about it. Um, the search warrants we can see in all of them, even if we can't see every line, we can see the list of federal crimes that they are investigating, that they are say are reflected in evidence there, and none of it is child eating related or child molestation related or anything remotely related to that. It's all coincidentally related to the same things they were investigating and charging Cohen for. So, yeah, the other thing is uh, there's some sort of magical thinking by the QAnon people here, this, this thing of, well, how do you, what do you have to do to get something into evidence? I mean, it's not magic. You have to lay a foundation. You have to have a witness who can say, okay, this is where I found this document or I created this. This is where it's from. So um, they could get this stuff in a number of other ways, and uh, they don't have to let – there's no reason they would have to hide it, conceal it uh, – disguise it as something else that doesn't make sense right yeah yeah that's they're always weird they have this weird idea that like the only way to introduce evidence is this weird underhanded sneaky way i don't i don't understand how the you know legal system could work if like everything had to yeah it's it's very strange their sort of idea of how evidence works in in courts what if every ops was a black ops Mm. that's what QAnon asks themselves every day (laughs) Yeah, because it, it, it gives that plausible deniability. You know, if, if something doesn't come true, it's, oh, it's because it's it's hidden and it's secret and it's so big that they, you know, they can't expose it. I mean, it's it's a built-in uh, fail-safe mechanism for their conspiracy theories. Well, exactly. It, it's classic delusion or conspiratorial thinking. It's, it's totally, uh, you know, my favorite analogy that maybe you guys have heard is the little man in the fridge. You know that when you open the door of your fridge, how the light goes on inside? Right. Yeah. right. Okay, there's a little man who does that. (laughs) And when you close the door, Mm -hmm. it's because the little man turned it off. Now, you might say that you've never seen the little man, but the little man is extremely good at hiding. And you might say there's no evidence of the little man, but uh, that's because there's a conspiracy to conceal his existence. Now, you could try to x-ray your fridge, but did I mention the little man is extremely good at hiding? He can hide Mm -hmm. from x-rays because the x-rays are manufactured specifically not to detect little men in refrigerators because the x-ray manufacturers are part of the conspiracy. Yeah. So 
the point of all this is, and I think it's it's an analogy that's like 50 years old, is that uh, conspiratorial thinking, delusional thinking is completely impervious to logic because however good you are at employing logic or evidence or facts, uh, you are not as good as the conspiracy theorists are at theorizing. Right. Uh, so it is it is literally impossible to move somebody off of this because there's no evidence, no fact that you can bring to bear that they cannot come up with a way to explain away. So I'm wondering, because sometimes I hear a little knocking coming from my fridge, and then I open the door, there's nobody there, but the fifth beer is there. Is that the little man? No, generally the little man would be drinking your fifth beer. So <laughs> the beer's missing, that's it. Okay, yes, there always are. I don't know why. That's where all my beers go, and then I wake up in the morning with a headache and on my couch. Exactly. exactly. QAnon people often speculate that uh, Hillary Clinton has already been arrested, but the news of her arrest hasn't been made public yet because the public just isn't mentally prepared to accept it yet. Uh, are arrests typically only announced once the public is, quote-unquote, ready to hear about them? Well, first of all, at this point, I'd like to say that the American people seem mentally prepared to deal with an awful lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not quite sure why Hillary being arrested is over the line when you look at all the stuff that we deal with every day. Um, Second of all, no, you you can't secretly arrest people uh, for federal crimes. You know, we're not the Chicago PD here putting people into a secret black site someplace. Uh, <laughs> when you get arrested, you have a right to appear promptly in front of a judge. So in addition to the fact that she's been spotted in public and in events. Uh, so, no, that's not a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's also apparently left the country uh, on multiple occasions. You know, I, I can't quite square the idea that she's been sort of secretly ar- even arrested with a, that idea either. Well, I would presume that there are multiple Hil- Hillary's, oh, either doubles, doubles definitely. Or, definitely. or some sort of fembots, uh, and that different ones have been arrested or left the country simultaneously. The QAnon community got the idea that there are countless sealed indictments through these flawed research methods uh, through PACER. So what's your opinion of PACER as a, like a public research tool? It has its ups and downs. PACER, for people in your audience who don't know, is the system that you could use to publicly access the federal dockets. And in some ways, it's very good. You can get any modern case, say, starting around early 2000s, and all the documents that have been filed in that case are available right there for you to find and download and read. Um, the bad parts about it are that it's extremely clunky and slow. It's very expensive to use. And you would really think that we could come up with a faster and less expensive system. But the problem is it's only as reliable as the comprehension of the person reviewing what they're getting on it. And so what we've seen throughout this, and this has come up a lot during the Robert Mueller investigation too, is that if you just pull some document off PACER, some um, pleading from some case and read it, and you have no idea of the context, you can get – dramatically wrong impressions from it. Let me give you an example. So uh, Rachel Maddow uh, did a a whole show practically about one of the Michael Cohen plea agreements, which she read and she spotted some language in there saying that uh, this agreement does not guarantee that we won't prosecute you for RICO. And so all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's a thing. They're going to prosecute him for RICO. That means they're going after Trump for RICO. Uh, This is a huge development. Now, what what anyone who's a practitioner in that area would have told her is that's stock language 
from federal plea agreements. They always say basically this doesn't protect you from any other types of investigations elsewhere, including tax or RICO or whatever. So she misunderstood standard language as something remarkable. That's the same with uh, other people looking at PACER. So when people look at PACER and they see this huge run of under seal filings, they're taking that as something huge and sinister, when in fact, that's just the normal run of uh, search warrants and wiretap applications and maybe pen registers and all sorts of other standard investigative tools, some under seal indictments, cases like that, some civil under seal cases uh, like federal False Claims Act actions, stuff like that. It's, it is not any sort of indication of some gigantic takedown of the deep state that's about to happen. Yeah, what, what they basically did is that they found every, I guess, proceeding that, that was listed as sealed versus sealed, and they claimed that that was a sealed indictment every single time that they saw that on the docket. No, I mean, I don't know how to quantify it, but I would be surprised if the, of all the sealed items, more than 10% of them are indictments. Yeah. All right. So QAnon followers often represent themselves as free thinkers who are out there doing the research for themselves. Now, is there a resource that you recommend that they could use to investigate law-related claims and beliefs? So, I mean, I think it's great if citizens are uh, looking at PACER and looking at primary documents, even if they're coming to dramatic uh, and rather differently realistic uh, impressions that I am from reading them. Uh, I think it's great. But I would say that uh, it's there's a number of people out there who do good work in clearly explaining um, what's actually happening in the system that come from a place of experience. So, you know, the Lawfare blog is one of them, uh, Renato Mariotti, who's very active on Twitter and is on several networks. People like that, uh, if you can kind of use them as a, a guide, uh, and it's not because, the, you know, what I do or this federal stuff is rocket science. It's it's really not. Uh, but knowing what's going on is a matter of experience and training. And so, you know, just as I don't go on to WebMD and diagnose myself with uh, esoteric tropical diseases, uh, but rely on somebody who's done it before, I think people would be better served to match their primary reading with some sources that have some idea of how to put those things in context. And fortunately, there are, there are a number of good resources out there. Uh, you'll often find good stuff on the Volat conspiracy, uh, on uh, although, of course, saying conspiracy, I know now that I've set them off. Uh, <laughs> lawfare, uh, there are a number of decent people out there. So have you been paying attention in general to QAnon and what are your thoughts about it? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of uh, uh, craziness, but very human. Uh, so it's, it's, it reminds me a little bit of Kennedy assassination theorization in terms of its widespread uh, nature and its popularity and its sort of florid nature. I think it's also sort of a, a wish fulfillment thing. People are disgruntled and they want to see people go to jail. And Americans, uh, despite our gestures towards freedom, are always very big on let's send all the bums I don't agree with to jail. 
And so, you know, I, I think it's kind of more of the same, just ener- energized by social media and the internet. And I'm sure, you know, if we were, if there had been social media during the uh, real heyday of the Kennedy assassination theorists, we'd be seeing it just as vigorously and in many of the same ways uh, as we do now. I'm sure we would have been seeing uh, Facebook posts about how Johnson was going to be arrested and Frog marched out of the White House. I mean, in a way, it's it's a little bit about like the wish fulfillment we saw during the George W. Bush administration, where constantly uh, people were saying that Karl Rove and George Bush were going to be removed from the White House by force and uh, the indictments were coming any day and so on and so forth. Do you personally have a favorite conspiracy theory? I do. It's not QAnon, though. Here's my, my favorite conspiracy is, believe it or not, a 9-11 conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And here it is. All those 9-11 conspiracy theories that you hear about, about, you know, uh, how, uh, the, you know, the CIA was behind 9-11 or the Israelis or the Belgians or whatever, mm-hmm. all the crazy theories are actually promoted by the government to distract us from and discredit the genuine bad things that happened, like massive failures of intelligence uh, that are even worse than we know about and the involvement of allies like the Saudis that were even worse than we know about. Mm. So crazy stuff is promoted by people who want to discredit uh, truthful stuff. There was a, a similar program um, with uh, UFOs where they did a documentary about it a couple of years ago called like Blue Line or something like that, where these guys, these government insiders were basically saying that they were uh, tasked with um, spreading, you know, ridiculous rumors about UFOs uh, just to kind of, uh, you know, uh, mask the public's understanding of, you know, uh, military technology and other shit that was going on that they were testing in, you know, these black sites and stuff. See, Ken, you've set off Jake. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all that's all it took one a, a well-placed source uh condoning some kind of conspiracy Jake, and what I, are you doing with the wall no stop writing on the wall i've been tipped i've been tipped <laughs> over the edge hold on i'm gonna get a, a ball of yarn here and i've got my push pins all right well we, we gotta I, t- I will we gotta... say i will say that the type of technology we'd expect from the aliens would be exactly what we would need to do a hundred thousand sealed indictments so maybe there's a connection there we're not seeing there, there we go well we have to we're gonna have to tie jake down now he's gone into a fit but uh, before that, would you like to plug anything, Ken? You know, uh, I do a weekly podcast with Josh Barrow of Left, Right, and Center called All the President's Lawyers. That's about the administration's various legal entanglements. Uh, and I do a podcast called Make No Law that's about the history of the First Amendment. And uh, both of those are labors of love. Uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, and have a good one. You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Our Twitters are at QAnon Anonymous, at Travis underscore View, at Julian Field, and at Real Rockatansky. We don't run any advertising on the show, mostly because we don't like corporations telling us what to do. So instead of all that shit, we use a straightforward $5 monthly subscription system, and for that amount, you get access to a second weekly episode alongside all of the ones that we've already recorded. So please, uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, visit patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous to support us. Uh, it allows us to be self-sustainable, and for that, we are so incredibly grateful. Thank you. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. A while back, when this TikTok stuff came about, 
a while back when people were talking about the FISA courts and FISA declassification and, and getting to the bottom of what was happening regarding Carter Page and and uh, Steele and uh, Hillary and everything. Every night we were and still are subjected to this seemingly uh, tantalizing and cruel tick-tock. Tick-tock, it's going to happen. Tick-tock, they're gonna lower the boom. The deep state will crumble and collapse. All that, all, all that we know of this rancid, horrid group of folks will be brought to their knees. It'll be over with. And we waited, and we waited, and we waited, and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. It may still happen, but the, the longer the time elapses and the more complicated these stories go, the less appeal it has with people, and frankly, people don't give a flying heck 